Welcome to Closer to Venus. I'm Johnny Burke, and today's guest is Atusa Raytheon. She is a shaman, a healer, and life coach. She helps her clients to release the past and reconnect with different healing modalities to help realign with universal energy and source. Atusa, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, John. It's good to be here. I noticed that shamans and healers tend to go hand in hand. Did the energy healing come first, or was the shaman element first? The energy healing was definitely long before the shamanic practices. I got my certification in energy healing back in 2003. I became a master energy healer. But then shamanic came much after. But the interesting part is by the time that I actually really went and pursued a shaman to guide me and teach me, I found out that all those things that he was teaching me, I already somehow knew and was practicing it. So it just helped me dive a little bit deeper into those practices that I had already developed or had received. Kind of like taking Algebra 1 before you take Algebra 2, something like that? It is, because we're all energy. Everything around us is energy, nature. And there's a communication that we're not conscious of that happens energetically. You know, most people, they say when they walk in a room or when they go to a store, they feel a certain way and they don't know. That's the energy. You're picking up on the energy of that environment, energy of the people that they're feeling in that store. So we're just not conscious and aware of it most of the time. But when you connect to that on a conscious level and start to feel and even at times see that energy, then you can use it for this type of work. You can use it for your own healing. But yes, definitely, there's an aspect that you got to be able to work with energy and feel energy before you can start down this path. I've noticed that energy healing, which I think has been around for a long time, shamanism, definitely a very long time. Why do you suppose it's becoming more popular, say, in the last 10 years or so? I believe most people have been trying traditional methods of trying to feel better in terms of talk therapy, their medication, everything else that they've tried, it's not working. They're not feeling happier. They're not being able to get in touch with themselves. They're finding, okay, I've done all these things for years now. How can I do something else that helps me? And they come back to plant medicine, to energy healing, shamanism, even different meditation modalities, Tai Chi, other types of work that's going to help them because what's been there traditionally has stopped working for a majority of people. Do you find that in some cases in your work where you've actually helped solve issues for one of your clients that traditional therapy could not? The majority of my clients, I would say probably 95 to 98% of my clients have had traditional therapy before, for years even, some of them. Some of them, even their therapists have recommended to come and see me. So I'm getting work from therapists themselves, and they all have seen the difference. 
they all made the changes that they couldn't do with traditional therapy. I think that's partly because talk therapy works more on a mental, emotional body, whereas this type of work is working on energy body, physical body, emotional body, and mental body. So it's all of it together. Okay. Can you give us an example of how that actually works? Like if someone were to come see you and say, I've got this issue, I've been to talk therapy for years, and I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. The first session, normally, when I start with a client that they come for what I call life transformation past trauma release, is the first session, I go back, look at their life, this lifetime, and find out what are the ages that some of these triggers have started? What are some of the things that perhaps has been passed down from mom or dad? And I gather all this information, what emotions are they storing? And then once I get that on the first session, then the sessions after that, we go deeper into those areas. We connect with those ages, and that's part of the shadow work. Everybody has different terminology, but I think most people were familiar with shadow work. It's not truly inner child work because this is a little bit different, but I've already connected to those ages. And then I tried to connect the client to those ages as well. And we sort of go and give that part the freedom to speak, give them their powers, give them perspective, then once that age uplifts and feels better, then that translates into the now. And I usually give them practices as well to help reprogram those patterns that have been there. So it's different approaches at the same time to go uproot what's been there for many years in most cases. You mentioned this life. When you mm -hmm. talk about releasing the past, have you ever found yourself in a situation where you, you've gone into a client's life other than the current one? For my clients, I don't. And there's a reason. I've done it just for myself personally. That part just came. But for my clients, I try to stay in this lifetime because I believe the past lives, you've already carried some of that into this life. Whatever is meant to be carried, you've carried it into this lifetime. So you're sort of working that out anyway. With clients, I feel like if I bring the past life, because I do a lot of generational work with them as well, it just confuses them. But the work is being done anyway. So it's not something that we have to go to the past life. I think if we just stick with this lifetime and do the generational healing, what I've seen is the client can get into a better state. So generational healing, does that refer to ancestors or to family members that are still alive? No, it's definitely ancestral healing that goes back. Sometimes it's on mom's side, sometimes it's dad, sometimes both, that there are things that has been passed down. Science tells us that blood pressure, heart disease, all those illnesses, physical illnesses, they have been passed down, or majority have been passed down from generation to generation. All those illnesses, physical illnesses, they have their roots in emotional trauma and mental, emotional issues that have been experienced by those generations. 
So that's another way to look at it, that just like those physical illnesses that's been passed down, this trauma has passed down as well. When you say generational healing or ancestral healing, it sounds like you're actually pulling it into this life and examining it in the context of this current life, right? Correct. Okay, good. Energy healing and shamanism, I often hear about them usually in the same talk. What are the similarities and what are the differences? Energy healing, the way I like to explain it, is just a small portion of shamanic healing. Shamanic healing is so much more than just the energy healing. There is ancestral generational work that you do. Sometimes there is work that needs to be done, space cleansing, even land cleansing. There is soul retrieval. There's a lot more that goes into shamanic healings than just the energy healing. There's power animal retrieval. I do that a lot with my clients as I'm working with them when it's needed for them to have that extra support that they need during our work. Soul retrieval. Can you tell us what that means to you in your work? Depending when or how much trauma you've experienced, what you tend to do, the way I like to explain is that think about it, that you've been so hurt that you've taken parts of yourself and you're hiding them so that you can sort of easily handle the trauma that you're experiencing or sort of disconnect that you're not experiencing that massive trauma. It can be at different ages that you sort of go hide these parts or take these parts, or it can be at a particular age. And sometimes it happens even in the womb that you are taking that part out. So with some of the shamanic practices, depending on what the client needs, part of that work is gathering all that, what you've hidden away, what you've given away, and bring it back to the person so that they fully feel their own power and presence, essence. So might that be like finding displaced energy or lost energy or not really? Similar, yeah, similar. similar. So in other words, I think it did a pretty good job of demystifying that because I think when some people hear the term soul retrieval, they might think in terms of what does this person need, an exorcism or... Are they driving out demons? You can see where they can make that association though, right? Yes. That's why I like to simplify everything and bring it into a term that they can see it easier. When you think about it in terms of experiencing trauma, if you look at it emotionally, therapists use this terminology that you pack, you've experienced, you pack it in the boxes and you sort of forget about it. This is similar in a way, but in terms of a big part of yourself, you're locking it away and keeping it safe somewhere else. So it is kind of like finding that box that might Mm -hmm. be up in the attic, like finding an old jacket that you really liked, but you thought you lost it and you think, oh, this is great. I found it. When we talk about shamanism, it typically leads to a discussion about spirit guides and other beings in the spirit world. Do you see any of that or maybe all of that in your work? A lot of my work is done through guidance with my spirit guides and getting that guidance in terms of what I need to do for a client, whether it's power animals or spirit guides. A lot of times, too, with the clients, as I mentioned earlier, I have to go get their power animals and get them in touch with that so that they can work with that spirit 
and feeling better. So yeah, definitely. There's also the terminology of lost souls that we work with. Lost souls tend to be people that for whatever reason, when they passed on, their energy state, it didn't move on, it didn't move forward, and helping them find that path and helping them sort of release and move into the light. Is a lost soul the same thing as an earthbound ghost, or are they separate entities? I cannot talk to earthbound ghosts. I like to use the terminology lost souls, where there is just a person that has left the physical body, but has not transitioned. Has not moved on. Transitioned, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's hard to really get a consensus on on all these things because none of them are really tangible. I've heard people talk about those ghosts or entities, as you just described, lost souls. Mm -hmm. They have not moved on yet. So have you ever had visitations by spirit? It, it wasn't just residual energy. It actually had an intelligence. Has that ever happened to you or any of your clients? During some of my client work, I don't go look for them, but if there is a presence... For example, their grandmother that I feel that is still there. For sure, I communicate. And if there's a message, I bring it out. But unless it's helpful to my client, I sort of keep everybody out of it. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think it does because I know of one example, a friend of my sister's was having a reading with a medium and she was trying to connect with, I guess, whoever was going to come through. And there were several people that were like raising their hand, like, call on me, call on me. Do you find that kind of thing in your work as well? I do the work so that I pretty much put the space sort of on lockdown. So that only what is necessary can come through, if that makes sense. So rarely do I get anybody. And when I do, it's needed for the work I'm doing. Either I'm ignoring them or the energy that I've put in the space so that they stay out is working. Okay. Or both. <laughs> so I think I'm trying to draw the similarities between this and mediumship because what's the difference between a soul that's not moved on and someone that comes through during either a medium reading or a shamanic journey or even during an energy healing. So the ones that I work with, even when they come for a particular client, it is a lost soul type situation. Really? Okay. Yeah. There's no real absolute with this thing because it's very hard to get a consensus on the difference between an apparition, mm -hmm. residual energy, and a spirit actually visiting, but who is not lost. Mm -hmm. Correct. Correct. In my work, I only deal with that portion, though. Any other types of beings other than spirit guides and other spirits that come through sometimes? For my work, is mainly spirit guides, power animals I work with a lot. So the spirit of those animals and the lost souls that I mentioned. Other than that, I don't work with other for the work I do with the clients. Power animals. How do we actually explain that in a way where it doesn't seem like it's fiction or fantasy? We know the spirit world is real. If you think of everything as energy, I think things become much more simpler to understand and connect with. 
And power animals is the same thing. During your lifetime, specific times where you're going through a situation, it's sort of that extra guidance that you need to get in touch with yourself and feel that particular power inside of you. That's what a power animal helps you with. For example, a client may come and they've throughout their lifetime, they've had real difficulty speaking up for themselves. I might go and do a journey and maybe the power animal can be a parakeet or maybe it's a lion because that's what they need to express their voice and be able to speak up for themselves. So different power animals, different powers you get. For a client, I tend to go get their power animals so that they can go ahead and feel that they connect with it. There's different meditations I give them. But a lot of people themselves through meditation dreams, they say they saw an animal come to their aid or an animal was walking with them. Or even in real life, sometimes you're sitting there or walking in nature, there's a particular animal that comes and sort of on your path or keeps moving in your path. Those are the times that they have message for you. You connect with it. You see a squirrel. The squirrel is not going to physically talk to you, but if you connect energetically, you get the essence of the message it's trying to tell you. What do the Akashic Records have to do with all of this? It seems like there's some kind of connectivity, shamanism, past lives, and the Akashic Records. Does that play into your work or not really? I don't do too much of the past lives. There's a reason for that because most people, when you go into that, they lose the work that's needed for this lifetime. I notice if I just bring it into the present moment, into what's happening in their life now, it's easier to get them to see things better. It's easier to get them to release and heal and also teaching them to stay in the present moment and stay in the now. But if you go bring that sort of like a queen last time, what does that mean in this lifetime? Am I still a queen? Did I do something? So it brings too many questions and too many ifs and whys and takes away from the healing that they need in this particular moment. The Akashic Records is not really something you would use in your work. No, no. That's what I was trying to figure out. Okay. What about male and female energies? How does that come into play with what you do with your clients? That's a big part of the work I do. No matter what gender you're born with or what gender you identify with, each one of us carries the male and female energies. And male and female energies is everything. So if that energy right now, actually, I feel a lot of what's happening in our world is because of that imbalance. If in each of us, we try to balance those two energies that has an impact on not just your life, but those around you and the world that we're living in. So yes, definitely. That's a big part of the work I do. Balancing the female with the male energy. Do you think we ever had that as a civilization? And if so, are we moving towards that again or not necessarily? Civilization, perhaps not, <laughs> but maybe pre 
civilized world. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Way, way, way back. Yes, yes. Maybe 10,000 years or more before recorded time. I bring that up because people talk about 5D frequency. and mm -hmm. There was a time in ancient civilizations where telepathy was normal. Mm -hmm. Everyone was psychic, which coincides with and confirms the claim that everyone has these abilities. You just have to work exactly. on it. And some people have them a little bit closer to the surface than others, but it's latent, which again, implies that we had them long, long ago. I bring up the male and female energy because people talk about the divine feminine and, and the divine male, and it's about achieving a balance. Yes, yes. Anything else that you think our listeners should know about? I would love for people to just start connecting with themselves and becoming aware of their triggers, their emotions. Once you become aware of yourself, aware of your energy, you can also start connecting with the world around you through that energy as well. One of the biggest energies to connect to is nature, which helps in your healing journey. Whether you go sit outside, go for walks, go for hikes, just connect with that energy that's out there, the energy of the wind, the sun, the moon, all of that can help you with your healing. Just become aware of your own energy, your own triggers, and start your healing journey wherever you're at. Everything is energy. Everything is energy. And I've heard that, I don't know how many times. That makes sense for me. Atusa, thanks for coming on to the show today. How can our listeners find you online? My website, which is Atusa, A-T-O-U-S-A, Raisian, R-A-I-S-S-Y-A-N.com. So all my information's on there. Good. I'll put that in the show notes and the transcript as well. You've been listening to Closer to Venus. I'm Johnny Burke. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing. You can also leave us a review on iTunes as well. For more information, please go to closertovenus.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.